Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast featuring Mark Bensett Jr. I am, as always, your host, Stephen Jarvis, and with me, your co-host, Mark Bensett. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, We are just waiting for Jason Brooks right now. We're going to be interviewing him on the success of Vengeance 2. So, bloodline. Yep. And I think he just showed up. Yes, he did. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. Hey, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Bring this closer. So, Vengeance 2. Yes. Um, it's been a huge success lately. Uh I I watched it, had to watch it twice because uh been kind of under the weather. So the first time I watched it, I I was six and I fell asleep halfway through and I told Mark, I'm like, I gotta watch it again. So I watched it yesterday and just gotta say I was blown away by how great it was. Oh, thank you so much. And uh we just want to ask you, you know, what was the thought process? And making a sequel to Vengeance. Yeah, so the thought process is really, uh, I guess it was the the fans wanted it. Um, We were kind of tired from the first one, and we weren't sure we were going to make another one, but people kept asking us and wanted it. So um, we got convinced to make it, and then uh, the, the process of the story was really, like, where do we take it from here? I wanted to kind of answer some questions from the first one that we didn't answer, talk a little bit more about Elias, give him more of a story and purpose for being there. Why is Elias there after 30 years? Where has he been? And what's his his motive? Like, why did he come back? And um, and then, of course, we had to find out what happened with uh, Tommy Jarvis. What um, did the girls find him? They spent the entire first movie looking for him. They didn't find him kind of left that up in the air. So we had to put some closure on that as well. And that's how we, that's what we had to wrap the story around. That was one of my favorite things at the end. Um, to bring Tommy into it all together. That was like, you know, really good. I, I love that. Especially when uh, it was, uh, somebody said that there was going to be a, a surprise at the end. And I'm like, uh, there can't be that many surprises. I'm, I'm like, I looked at Stephen. I was like, uh, Stephen, you know, they said that there's going to be a surprise. How much you want to bet they got somebody from the past movies to come back in? And I'm like, in, I didn't really expect Tommy because I've only seen him, you know, you know, do a couple. Yeah. But when I seen Tommy, I was like, damn, yes. Yeah, us two. We were very fortunate that he he liked the story enough to uh, to come and participate, and um, <clears throat> and it, I mean, I talk to him and the entire first movie he was originally supposed to be a part of that first movie but then he had to back out of it um, because of some other commitments and so then i talked to him again i'm like you know i can't have a second movie where these girls don't find you so they're either gonna have to find you alive and you're a hero or they'll have to find your body and you're dead i just can't make a second movie where we don't put any closure on that it just doesn't doesn't make sense i mean you, you could easily have went without you know having found them again but then you'd have people ask him where's the third one yeah where's the third one um and just it, it would really i don't know it'd be really difficult so it'd be kind of like you know promising it and then all of a sudden it's like 
like what you guys both just said, you know, where is he, you know, is he alive? Is he dead? And Tommy, you don't really hear much about Tommy in the original series after he, you know, drowns Jason in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's never thought of again, you know, and I, I thought that was a missed um, opportunity for the, for Sean Cunningham and the creators of the original franchise. It's like, okay, so you built this guy up from a kid who kills Jason and is the first one to actually supposedly kill him. And you get rid of him after two other movies. It's like, what are you doing there? You know? Yeah. So trying to explore some new ground, I guess. So Uh, how, how was it trying to get Tom Matthews back? Was it an easy process or was it, you need to kind of finesse him a little bit? No, it was really, um, it's, I mean, that's hard to answer it. We wanted him in there for a long time. Like I said, we talked to him the first one. He said he was in and had to pull out. But then on the second one, um, we didn't know where he stood yet. So I know that CJ talked to him a bit and uh, Tom McLaughlin, you know, we want to get the band back together. Everyone from Part 6, Darcy DeMoss and everything. And so I actually went down to Las Vegas to go talk to Alice Cooper because Alice Cooper originally was going to be in there um, opposite of Tom McLaughlin as the uh, one of those those guys. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, so but Rob Mello ended up having that spot, which was phenomenal. Um, So I went to go talk to Alice Cooper and um, spoke with him. And when I left, and his agent was kind of like, yeah, no, we're touring this year. It's not going to be possible. It's not, you know, so his agent kind of turned it down. But Alice seemed really excited about it Um, and getting to go and hook up with CJ and Tom and everyone again. So. After that was done and I walked away, I was walking back into the main room to go uh, say hi to CJ again, let him know how the conversation went with Alice. And I walked by Tom Matthews' table there. And uh, he's like, hey, hey, Jason, you know, what's going on? Um, and I, so I said, hey, you know what? <laughs> um, uh, let's talk. And so he said, sure, what's up? And um, so I told him just straight up. I'm like, here's the, uh, here's the deal. I have vengeance. We know you, you know, we're almost a part of that one. Um, I'm making a second movie, which he knows. I said, I've got two choices. One, I can bring you back. Like I said, bring you back and you're a hero. Um, and, or I can have to kill you off and they have to find your body. I said, I've already got the severed head um, for you. Just in case we have to go that direction. Um, we've got two endings written. And then I said, and I really don't want to do that. I said, I'd rather have you, you in it. I said, so many fans love vengeance. They want to see where it's going to go. They, the fans, you know, a lot of fans have said they consider it canon, um, especially to part six. And they really, they really like the story and where we've gone with it. I really want to come through for them. And he said, all right, well, let's, let's do it. Let's work together. And he gave me his information contact. And then we just started emailing. I sent him the script. He read it. He liked it. Um, he, he asked to have a little bit bigger part. Um, became an executive producer and um, and we went from there and just it was great. Was there ever anybody in the um, that in Vengeance or Vengeance 2 that you wanted to put in there but you couldn't get them to come on? Yeah, so originally um, when we started writing the first versions of the script um, David Howard Thornton and Felissa Rose were part of it. Um, they both wanted to be in it and then as we got time, got time to film, 
um, timing didn't work out. Uh, they were both working on a film together at that time and both became unavailable while we were filming. So we had to replace them. And, and so uh, Peter Anthony, he reached out to Darcy DeMoss and brought Darcy to co- on to come back as Nikki. And, um, and then we got uh, Richie Ramon to replace the David Howard Thornton role. Yeah, he he's one of my top ones that I want to talk to. Peter wants us to have uh, to have Jason show us the Tommy Jarvis severed rotten head. All right, hold on. And uh, thank you, Peter, and uh, also uh, Thanks, Kyle Flett from uh, Return of the Living yeah. Flett that are here watching the yeah. show. Thank you, guys. Oh, wow. There we go. Nice. Well, <laughs> this is what awesome. could have been. That is so sweet, man. Yeah. So could that's what the girls would have found if uh, if Tom Matthews had decided that he wasn't able to do it, which I think we are very grateful that he decided to join us. Um, obviously, with reviews, everyone, um, the fans are really grateful as well. So I'm glad that worked out. Now, here's a question for you. Um, with with uh, how um, Terrifier 2 did in uh, theaters. Yeah. If, if you were able to, would you have put um, Vengeance 2 in uh, theaters? Oh, of course. Yeah. I think that think it a, Do you think it would have been a huge success? I would hope so. I mean, there's been, it's been such a long time since there's been a Friday the 13th out in the theaters that I think that um, no matter what, it would have been a success. Whether people knew about um, Tommy or not, or, you know, whatever people would, would jump to go see it. And, um, and I think it would have been fantastic. A lot yeah. of the comments are saying it should have been in the theaters, which is very, very humbling. Very nice. I, I asked Peter this earlier. I asked him how many, uh, awards, uh, awards, uh, Roseblood had. And he said somewhere around like 24 or something like that. And I said, so how many does uh, Vengeance 2 have? And he said about somewhere around 45. Yeah, we're at 40 right now. And um, and we have another several, about five more that we've been told um, will have an award. We just haven't heard what, that, what it won yet, whether it's best feature, best costumes, makeup, direction, acting, whatever. So um, we're waiting to hear back on those. But... It's been selected for another 24 film festivals, I think. Um, wow. And uh, as a, an official selection. So we stopped putting the selections up just because the awards were starting to come in. It would have been a little silly. So we're only posting awards at this point. Yeah, because one day I'm looking, you had a few, you know, selections up there. And then next thing you know, it's almost the whole picture. And then you had to use another picture. And yeah. It's very, very cool. Very cool. Now, when you and Peter were face to face there, you know, yeah. uh, how many takes did that take without somebody uh, laughing? Without laughing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We had a great time on set, so we were always laughing um, from for one thing or another. But we did. Oh, I don't know. Hard to remember. We did several takes just at different angles. Um, Cody, the director of photography, he was trying to get some different styles. Um, he did one that was really cool where he walked all the way around us while we were face-to-face and fighting. Um, but because of the location we were at, there was some stuff in the background that we wouldn't have been able to show. It would have taken you out of that moment. So 
we couldn't use that. But we did, um, yeah, we did, we did probably five or six different versions of it. Peter said, I almost threw up from him choking him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he told me to choke him. And so I did. He's, you know, <laughs> and then he, after the, after the take and stuff, he was kind of gagging a little bit and said, I got him a little bit too hard, but <laughs> that's what he gets for saying to choke him, I guess. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take you back to the beginning because, you know, I got Steven on this one earlier. Uh, so um, did you lose a bet to make the, um, the, the penis that big? <laughs> did I lose a bet to make it that big? Yeah. Because I mean, it, it, I I I was laughing when I seen it in the beginning. I'm like, wow, to die like that. Yeah. No. So here's the story on that. Um, Diana Prince, who Darcy the male girl, she was in that scene as well. She's already kind of announced this publicly, and it's been announced several other times. Um, that <laughs> here we go. That is an actual life cast of me. So that is that is my penis. Um, and the museum that we're talking about donating it to, um, the the actual museum in Iceland, heard about this. They contacted me and they said they actually want to put it in the museum. So I am flying out the day after tomorrow to go to Iceland to go deliver the cast of my penis and a display, some stills and stuff from the movie to actually put in the museum in Iceland. And they're going to give me and Louis Carlyle, my character, a, a lifetime honorary membership, a medal, a plaque, all kinds of stuff. So shit <laughs> yeah I, I just thought that was on the only uh, i mean that was the only nudity in in part two i'm like well you know it didn't normally you know friday the 13th i think you know nudity all the time yeah. so but yours was the, it was the first movie i've seen in a while that did not need it and well we had darcy in there which i think is great that um diana prince she was in that in the same room next to me topless um and nude but it's because of the the autopsy, the makeup and the the autopsy scarring and everything, it didn't come across as like nudity or or the whole thing right. wasn't like sexualized, which I think right. was great. Um, because I was really trying to avoid nudity. Some of the other versions of the script, I had a co-writer Kim Terrison, who wrote and she added some stuff in because she's like, you know, there's certain rules to follow. There's certain things that you want to put into these movies um, for Friday the Thirteenth. Um, and boobs are a big one. And so she put a lot of that in there, but I kept taking it out because I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy, that director that puts in all the, you know, boob. If it's boob not necessary. Boob. Right. Yeah. And so um, so we we cut that down, cut it out. And um, and the morgue scene was the only only place where we had anything like that. Yeah. Well, the rest of the time you had Jason killing everybody. So, yeah. Oh, that that highway or on the road scene, that that was a great way like me and mark said before we did this it was like we both said you know when we seen that scene how is this gonna work you know because it had never been done where jason just goes up to a road and goes ham on people and then of course darcy she comes out of an, an rv and i'm thinking oh my god if she dies in an rv again <laughs> or if or if she's in an rv and gets attacked again it's like oh god i loved her kill oh, oh yeah. yeah thank you Thank you. The, I mean, even when you choke out the woman with the uh, intestines and all that, that was pretty good, too. Thank you. Yeah, that one was made up on the spot. Uh, we had That's where we had our backers who paid to be in the film, um, our contest winners and all that. You know, they were part of the roadblock. So 
we were on set and trying to decide what to do. And that one was one of those like, okay, well, I can punch in, grab, pull some guts out. And then how do we kill this person? And I said, what if I just take the guts and wrap it around her neck and choke her? And everyone's like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, perfect then. If you guys are all repulsed by that, that's that's the right answer. So I think you um, had some of the best kills in there compared to, you know, some of the other Friday the 13th movies. Thank you. I think you had some great kills. Thank you. Yeah, we worked really hard on those. Um, planned them out and um, did quite a bit. We had a, a great makeup team to help support that and make them happen. Um, go ahead, Mark. When's the DVD is going to ship? Um, we're working on the behind the scenes stuff right now. Um, I got a guy who's doing a, a documentary that we're going to include. Uh, we're working on some features to, to go over um, with some interviews from some of the cast and crew um, talking about the makeup effects, the kills, doing um, the whole morgue, like talking to some of because it was filmed in a real morgue. So I want to bring some of those people in to talk about their experience because they were the extras that were in the background. Those are the real people. Um, and, uh, and just, you know, add some content so that you're not just getting the movie on a disc. Um, I really want to give something special and something more. So we're taking a little bit of time with that to, to get it all together. So we're still a few months out. Yeah. The only way that I could get it was if I got bought both of them together. So you got my money. Nice. Thank you so much for supporting it. Oh, I couldn't help it. I'm, I'm going to add it in with my rest of my Friday the 13th. And then I got to still buy Roseblood, but you know, I got to wait for that one. Oh, I'm yeah. going to add that into it when I'm watching them. That's what I'm going to be watching. Like right with it. Perfect. So how much was that process from one to uh, vengeance two? Was it like, months after vengeance came out or was it kind of like okay now we did one let's go ahead and do two now um after the first vengeance came out um we all really needed a break it's just been a lot um and then we started hearing about it so it probably about three four three to four months before we finally committed and said all right let's start writing hi sandy Sandy, what's up? How are you doing? I'm I'm still trying to get the hang of all this podcasting stuff. So if you guys see messages popping in and out, I just happen to see you. Yeah. So, um, but like, I guess what my question was was that now that you did two, is there going to be a third act? I'm I'm there- sure we got to kill Jason now. Oh, he's in the ground, right? <laughs> got him with the pole and the lightning, and I mean, yeah, him. that is true. They they did do the homage of uh, what was that six where he stabs him with the thing and he gets electrocuted back to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the. I mean, that was the hard part was deciding how to kill Jason in this. Um, without you know, you want to kill Jason without killing him, and um, and that's that's the big tough problem that a lot of writers have and i called tom mclaughlin um writer director part six too and a few times like how would you do this what would you do and he's like that's what everyone's question is is how do you do it um and he didn't have any ideas either we just went back and forth on a couple things and then i ordered um some props from 
and I always forget the name because they're all very, a lot of these prop places are very similar names. So I don't want to say the wrong one, but I um, ordered an, an ax and some things. Um, and he said, Hey, you know, I've got one of these part six poles here that um, I can ship you to, if you want it, if you want to get that. So I was like, yeah, I'd love that. So I gave him the money for all the stuff. He sent the pole. And as it, I was just waiting for it to come in the mail, I had the thought like, wait a minute. What if <laughs> I take this pole, which I was not planning to use in the movie, because I, I really thought I'm just going to keep it for my own collection because it looks cool. He does amazing work. Um, horror effects costumes. That's what it was. Thank you, Peter. I knew you'd, you'd have my back on that. Um, but horror effects costumes, they do amazing work. Um, and he sent that. And when I got it, I just knew um, I was going to use that to kill him. Like, that's how it brought him back in this world. This was going to take him out. It has the supernatural element to it, being hit by lightning. That brought him back. We'll do the same thing to take him out. And that way it kills him. But it leaves it open for any future people that want to take it forward. Now, whose idea was it to bring Elias actually all into it? I know that Elias was supposed to show up in a movie and stuff, but to help Jason that whole time, basically, how did they, whose idea was that? Um, well, originally, yeah, it was the ending of part six that was supposed to have it. Um, so if you watch Vengeance, the first few minutes of Vengeance in the graveyard, um, that was supposed to be the ending of part six. And we talked to Tom McLaughlin, Jeremy Brown, the director, talked to him and said, hey, we really want to bring, we want to do an Elias story. Um, and we want to start the film with how you were intending part six to end. And he said, yeah. And we said, we'd love for you to be the, the gravekeeper as well. And he, he agreed. So that's um, what you're referencing. That was um, that. Um, and the way we came about it was the director, Jeremy Brown, he always, um, he'd always wanted to do the Elias story, but we didn't have it in our first iteration. And when we decided to take it from a short to a full feature, we were talking about it, like, well, what do we do? How do we expand this? And, and I said, well, why don't we tell your Elias story and add that to it? And then that'll make it full. And he said, yeah, but who do you get to play Elias? Because it has to be someone good. It has to be someone um, important that people will actually gravitate towards, you know, be imposing. And I was like, well, how about CJ Graham? How perfect would that be that he's the Jason in part six and now he's the father of Jason? in this continuation of six. And, and he's like, like we're just going to write to CJ and ask him. I said, yes. So he had a couple beers. He wrote to CJ and uh, CJ wrote back and, and he was in. So he, he was a, a great Elias. He was a dick in it. And it, I mean, it was perfect. He was perfect. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to use him. He reminded me uh, like the Elias off of the um, comic book, Pamela tales. And he was, yeah. he was a dick altogether. Um, so was now, now that we did have the, you know, all the main characters from six come back, was there, um, and we've talked about possibly a three, would you ever want to bring in like any more characters if you ever did do a vengeance three, or would you want to bring in like, let's say Michael? Um, for me, in the Vengeance series specifically, I think I would not do a crossover. I think I'd keep it pure to part six and what that was intended to be um, because it's kind of, I feel like I'm, I need to be um, respectful to Tom McLaughlin's vision. 
Yeah. And I don't think that he ever thought of Michael Myers being a part of that. So that's, um, that's part seven, uh, you know, Rosebud and stuff. That's for that. Yeah, exactly. I'd be more than happy to, to do more Rosebud work and have Michael and whoever else in there. But with um, the story we told, you know, the Tom, Tommy Jarvis story, I'd prefer to keep it around them. Um, but again, not um, there's no plans for part three. And uh, <laughs> now, it is was there ever a scene that you wanted to do, but you guys ended up just scrapping it all together? Yeah, we there was a lot that ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, there was a whole scene where the the frat boys and the stripper girls, when they got together in the woods, before they met their end. Um, they were walking through the woods and they came across an old creepy house. It was supposed to be like a Texas chainsaw massacre thing. And they're looking for someplace to hide. They get in there. It's all creepy and dark. And when they finally get the lights on, you find out that it was Louis, Louis Carlisle's house. And we'd have a bunch of funny kind of redneck jokes and stuff in there and different things. So um, that would have uh, been a lot of fun to, to play with. And so we filmed some of it, but in the end, it kind of took us away from the main storyline. It took us away from our heroes and we didn't have all the props and gags that I really wanted to sell it. So I just felt like, you know, that was something that could go, but that would have been fun to, to do. It'll be in the behind the scenes. We're going to add that as well. So oh, that's good. Cause I mean, I could have came and done a redneck, you know, I'm from, I'm from Florida. <laughs> you know, I spent quite a bit of time in Texas and, uh, and Puyallup down here and um, in Washington. And so I've got it, I've got it in my blood. No, Mark, you can't be in a movie just to get killed off. You oh, tried with Peter. He said hey, no. It's always going to be my plan. I'm eventually <laughs> going to find somebody that wants to kill me off. That's not my wife. Um, that That's funny because that is the thing. A lot of people will write me and say, hey, put me in your movie, please. I'll do anything. I'll even just die. Just, just kill me. I'll do anything. And I'm like, but that's what everybody requests. Everybody wants to die. Uh, I was when you guys put when you guys put that up to, for you know some for the casting roles and stuff and the bid on it and stuff. I told my wife I said, well, you know, if we get it, we're going to uh, if I can do this, we're going to go to uh, Washington. And she goes, oh, cool. But then somebody outbid or somebody did it, and I'm like, oh man. Uh, that that but, would be the coolest part of being a part of that, though. Is just having people that would be like, hey, you know, we just want to be dead in the movie, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that's got to be pretty cool to hear something like that is that, you know, people don't want to be like, oh, I want to be the one to take on Jason and make me look strong and all that. It's like, nope, just want to die. Just want to die. Everybody <laughs> wants a cool guy. Yeah, Peter's the only one that wanted to stand up to Jason. Yeah. Yeah, see what, happened, what happened to him. No, yeah. but you know what? Uh, to speak to that, um, you said, you know, Peter wanted to stand up to Jason. He wanted to, you know, Peter's a big guy. He's tough. He's strong. And he wanted to, um, he wanted to stand up to Jason, but he also wanted to make sure that Jason was way more powerful, that Jason would, you know, kick his ass and, um, and it'd be right. Not that, not to show Peter getting up on Jason or, you know, being stronger, more powerful, anything like that. So he's, Peter's very respectful. Um, he's very respectful to the Jason character in that way. Oh, yeah. I told him that I wanted to see him dressed up as Jason. He says he's too short. Yeah. 
He is. <laughs> <laughs> That's in response to a text I just got from him. So, are you going to take that, Anth- Peter? You're going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. He'll he'll get me back on that one. So, I mean, I can't complain. I'm like short, way shorter than everybody. So. Yeah, if Mark ever got to play Jason, they'd they'd have to give him a step ladder just to make him scary. <laughs> yeah, but, make- uh, what was your favorite kill to do? Oh man, it's hard. That's um. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, so my favorite kill. I've got a, I've got several of them, and I think the one that keeps standing out to me. Um, is how oh, man, I'm flip flopping, but the, the Courtney kill at the fence where I pick her up, slam her down, pull her spine out. That's um, the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's the one that, um, I you know spent a lot of time making that, um, getting ready for it and stuff, and then you know, executing it. And Jacqueline, who played the character, uh, she was into it and she's like. I told her not to hold back, just go and let's fight and let's do it. And she didn't, she, she did everything she could to get away. And, um, she'd kick and punch and hit. She didn't, she went for it full sail. So, um, I think that one turned out really good. And I really like, you know, at the end, the the deputy Forster, it wasn't my kill. It was Elias, but, um, it's, that was a really cool one with the cross to the head. Uh, we got one question. Um, if you could bring any back any actors, uh, who would it be if you had that choice to bring back any others? Oh, man. All of them? <laughs> they all did great. It's like, it's really it's really hard. It's, you know, when you write this and you cast these people and then they die and they go home, it's like, damn, I, I want to keep working with them again. And um, so, you know, future projects definitely going to be reaching out to work with them again. But for this movie, um, it'd be cool to bring back Darcy, you know, and uh, not have killed her off completely this time. Um, but all of I mean, there's not anyone that I wouldn't want to bring back. I, I was afraid when she said that she had to uh, when she learned all those things like uh think she said she learned like mma or movie tie in the movie and i was like oh you watch she's gonna get a few good kicks in on jason and and just how she was able to fight back a little bit was even good i mean it wasn't like the boxing one and jason takes manhattan where he's gotta hit jason and jason's gotta fall back a little bit or even what we would see in I know it's not any part of Friday the 13th or Vengeance, but what we saw in Halloween Resurrection with Buster Rhymes karate kicking Michael, at least we didn't get that. Right. And I think, I mean, and also Darcy did her own stunts um, the, throughout that entire thing. So like picking her up by the neck and throwing her into the thing and all jumping on like a little spider monkey and running around. She did everything, you know, herself. And um, I think it was a lot of fun. So, as far as as far as Vengeance Two, I think it'd be Darcy. If we're doing, um, uh, Roseblood, I think I would pull. I would. Uh, God, I would love to work with Terry again. Terry was a phenomenal person to to work with and uh, be in the same room. He's just got energy. 
it's it's amazing. And Lar standing across from her being her Jason in that. Oh hell! But I was, love. Oh yeah. yeah, that was insane. Um, when, he, when he picked the or when she told me about or yeah, when Peter told me that he got her, that was like wow. And then when you guys when we were talking when I was talking to Stephen, I was like, well, uh, Jason's going to come out and do the promotional thing and with uh, Darcy Dumas, and he's like, oh damn, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. No, Darcy's well, I mean, great. To get someone back from a movie where they never show her being put in an ambulance, so we didn't right. know we if all she survived she or bad. not. So when when you get this, it's and when I asked her during that interview, it's kind of like what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, they bring her back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, granted, I think Darcy did a better job than what Jamie Lee Curtis did in the Halloween franchise. And and no, Darcy, if you're listening, I'm not trying to pump the air into the balloon or anything but i i think you did a better job i i think it was written better and i think having her when we had you guys on before talk about it and coming back to that role i think it was special not only for her but for the fans that were like wait wasn't she dead didn't she had her face smashed in and yeah well i yeah i asked peter on that one i said okay if darcy's alive in this one how and he sort of, I, I said, without telling me, you know, sort of tell me. And he goes, well, nobody ever seen her die. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought her head, you know, when she got smashed up into the wall and stuff, I thought she was dead there, though. Yeah. Well, when the RV rolls over, it starts on fire. So if that wouldn't have killed her, you thought the fire would have. But at some point, I'm sure they, it, like I said in that movie, you never know how quickly the cops get there to to see the rv where it's at so anything possibly could have happened or she could have as soon as jason's gone could have gotten out herself and got help you know absolutely anything and happen. the last thing i need to say on that one is uh just to go back to the third to vengeance one obviously steve dash to bring him back to work with him it would have been amazing to have him as the uh the police officer in vengeance two um to carry it on um being the sheriff and everything that just to have him back to work with him again would be amazing. So. I love what you guys did at the end for him. Oh, that thank you so awesome. much. Yeah. Thank you. I loved it when Tommy said the original Jason, and then it sort of pointed over to it. and Or, yeah, I think I said that right. Yeah, I we knew from the beginning that we would have to, um, not have to, we knew from the beginning that I wanted to do a memorial at the end. And I want it to be something for the, the character that died, but also we all know that we're talking yeah. about Steve, you know, and it's not just the character. And I want that dual um, dual meaning there. So that was something from the very beginning. And then luckily we were able to get Steve Dash's grandson, um, David, to play young Jason in the beginning of the film. So um, to carry on that, that legacy of the sackhead Jason from part two and, and just bookend the entire movie with, with Steve and his family, just, it just felt right. Yeah. I, I seen, I think um, you were talking about it and I think, uh, well, Peter talks about it too. He, he said that that was just, you know, a, a great feeling just having it all do a, you know, a one eighty or three, six, you know, having, having that just alone, you know, it's his grandson doing it. He said that was just an awesome feeling. It was magical. It was, yeah, it was a, memorable lifetime moment and you know that 
that's the cool thing about how much these actors that play these parts mean to a lot of people, you know, um, he'll, he'll never be forgotten, you know, and, uh, the way you memorialized him, like Mark said, was you couldn't have done it any better. I mean, it, it, it really did show that you guys, you guys were a family in this, you know, in a way that, um, and, and it was emotional, you yeah. know, like you said, you wish you could have had him for vengeance too, but you, you, you did, you did a good memorial job and, we got another uh, question. Um, oh, what? What's one oh, tiny? Hold on, hold on. As a matter of fact, that right there, that shadow box is Steve's uniform from the first one, gold machete. That's that's my personal memorial to Steve that I have on my wall in my office at all times. That that, that is pretty cool. Space is dedicated. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I like that. What was the question? Yeah, what's the other question? Oh, um, the question was. Uh, What's one tiny thing you would clue us in on? Forget the past. What about the future? The future. You see, these guys are asking the questions that we're get, I was getting ready to ask. Yeah. So, so for the future, there's a lot. Um, we're getting away from the fan films, and we're moving towards some original IPs. We have um, – I just counted them up uh, recently, and <laughs> we have like nine – nine different films that we're working on um, with more to come and uh, a couple of shorts and uh, most are features. We have sci-fi things. We've got horror things, um, some dramas, some action. So it's going to be pretty, pretty exciting over the next couple of years. Um, What is going to be the next movie? that you guys are going to work. <clears throat> Sorry about that. What is the next movie that you guys are looking forward to working towards, you know? Um, sure. So the next one that I know of, we're going to start filming here in January is called Hitman for the holidays. And it's basically, um, you know, assassin Hitman movie kind of stuck in a Hallmark movie. So that's kind of fun, funny. And, uh, it'll be written and directed by Cody Newton, who was our DP, um, on vengeance Two. I mean, I might actually watch that one. I don't watch holiday movies very much. Yeah, no, it's it'll be fun. It's it's gonna be fun. Cody's an amazing writer and director, and he just he knows how to he knows how to make movies for sure. If it's a Hallmark movie, I already know my wife will she'll want to watch it. Oh, it's not gonna be a Hallmark movie. Oh, but it'll be it'll be a hitman movie, kind of trapped inside of one. So it'll be it'll be a funny. So she'll she'll watch it. it. It's probably got a love story somewhere in there. Oh. Yep. Yep, yep. She's watching Hallmark stuff as I speak right now. Ever since oh. Peacock announced that it was going to be on there, it's just like, oh, good Lord. Mm-hmm. And the torture now. That's why I have two TVs. Oh, so do I. <laughs> but still, I got to look over and it's just like, oh, Christmas movies right now. It's like, put on some Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then I'll then I'll watch it. But. My wife doesn't like that one. She says it's, you know. She said it was just uh, dumb. I said, man, gosh. So, is there any other horror movies that you'd like to tackle? Would you like to do a Halloween? Would you like to do a Nightmare? Possibly. I mean, I mean if if it was a not non fan film, absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, the fan films, the thing with that is that it's it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money, a lot of effort. Yeah. And once it's out there, you know, it's just it's a big drain without yeah. um, you know, getting money back for the money you spent. And it's just kind of there as like, hey, look what we did, which has been phenomenal for us. Um, and we appreciate, you know, kind of building up the fan base and getting our work out there and getting it recognized and seen. But we also really like we'd like to bring some new things to the horror world and um, that people might um, enjoy, you know, as much or more. So I, I, like I told Peter, when we interviewed him, I said, I think Hollywood is missing out on the creativeness that you, Jason Brooks and Peter both have. I mean, if if I'm Hollywood, I'm calling right now. A lot of the fan films uh, for Friday the 13th, uh, people should watch just because that they're actually some of them are even better than some of the originals and how oh, that yeah. they followed it you know you, you see some people they're they're fan of the movies but they don't realize they don't listen to all of it you know like asking them who's jason's dad there's some people that don't even know that yeah and they just know jason and pamela and that's it Oh yeah, I mean, there's casual fans and there's hardcore fans and all that. And okay, here, here's one. Um, and Peter brought this one up, and uh, this one I want to see. Now he he said most uh, about ninety percent of uh, horror fans are actually uh, wrestling fans too. Do you watch wrestling? Um, I did in the eighties. I was a a big WWF guy and WWE, and um, but then just kind of got away from it after a while and stepped away so yeah i went to wrestlemania 3 and been hooked ever since <laughs> um are you excited for the new friday the 13th series yeah i mean i i i'm unsure i i'm you know kind of hold my my excitement and stuff until i see it because i don't want to build myself up and be disappointed and um you know, because I, I would tend to do that. So I think I'm just going to wait and see what it is. I mean, I mean, Steven's been going back and forth saying, well, if they're doing a prequel to it, are they going to like fast, you know, go back and forth, you know, uh, past the present, you know, stuff like that. Or if they're just going to play it like uh, Bates Motel. Yeah, uh, I've, heard, sure. I've heard the comparison to that also. Well, I, think, I, you, I, I think you can only slow burn it for so long. I mean, Friday the 13th, yeah, you know, Pamela was a big part of it, but also you're, like Mark said early on, and I'll even say this, we haven't had a Friday the 13th project, like a movie or anything, since that lawsuit happened, and now that it's ended, us hardcore fans, we're like, come on now, we we want all this now, we, we're ready for it, you know, so... And if if you would have put Vengeance one, two, Roseblood, any of them in the theaters, people would have went and seen it. Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, anyone that said they wouldn't, they'd be kidding themselves. You know, I mean, to wait this long for a property to come back, if it's not dead, then hopefully, hopefully this peacock thing works out for them. Um, I'm like you, Jason, where I'm not getting my hopes up too much. They got a two season deal anyway so they got that type of commitment but i i think they gotta bring in jason right away i mean oh they could start off with jason's face looking out over the 
the the pond or lake and you know then him thinking back whoever knows who knows yeah I mean, it's going to be a different vibe for sure without jason in it so um i imagine that they would you know depending on if they have a two season deal if season one is not as successful as they're hoping i can see them trying to sneak jason in here and there um to start getting some interest but i i, I enjoyed the uh chucky series and I watched that. Me and my daughter watches that together, and it, I didn't think I was going to like it at first, but it, it it got on to me, and I like it now. Yeah. Were there any injuries to you or any of the cast members in Vengeance Part 2? <laughs> Part 2, yes. I had two broken ribs. Oof. Um, different days, different months. Um, but it, the final battle... Um, in the church with the girls yeah. where I've got the, the sledgehammer around um, Angelica's neck and she starts climbing up the church podium and then jumps back and we land on the ground. Um, when we landed, she, her shoulder kind of landed into my rib and it broke Ooh. my rib on the right side. Um, and then we, we had to finish out that whole fight for another eight hours or so. Um, and so I, that whole scene for the most part, I'm fighting them with a broken rib. Um Ouch. But I've broken a rib before, so I know that if I go to the hospital, they're not going to be able to do much. Um, so I just kind of went in. Huh? Tape it up and pray to God. Tape it up and yeah. And so I went in another day or so later just to make sure nothing was internally injured. Because, um, you know, I got scolded from the doctor saying, you know, you could puncture a lung and that could be bad. So next time come in right away. But I'm like, all right. You know, usually there's not much they could do except for tell you to go take some ibuprofen and swelling down or whatever. And then um, at the end, several months later, we're doing pickups when Angelica jumps out of the truck and runs at me with a knife, slams me down and starts stabbing me over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, I was actually wearing uh, some protective gear underneath the suit because of the truck hit. So I was tumbling over and over again when the truck you know, hit doing that several times. So I was wearing some protective gear for my spine and, and chest. And I told her, I said, just go for it. You know, I've got, I got these plates in here. No big deal. Um, and uh, it's the only time I'm wearing them in the entire film was for that exact scene. Um, and I didn't want to take the costume off and go take the pads off and whatever. Uh, so I said, just jump, start stabbing, whatever. And she did, she went for it. She's a strong girl and she got that knife, which has got a plastic handle um, and was able to, stabbed me over and over, but kind of missed the armor at one spot um, and went underneath and, and popped a rib. And it didn't break the bone. It separated the bone from the cartilage up front and uh, and popped that in. So um, as soon as that happened and I felt the pop and heard it, I was like, oh, we're done. I think we got the shot. <laughs> we so, um, then just finished out the rest of that scene um, with it. So... Yeah, that was the only real injuries, I think, on on uh, Vengeance 2. So was it always that uh, Tommy would get the final uh, jab in to Jason, or was it going to be one of the daughters doing it? Was there ever going to be a passing of the torch moment, so to, so to speak? Yeah, good question. Um, in the version, of course, where Tommy was dead, um, the girls would have killed him it would have been the younger one and um using not strength necessarily but more uh smarts 
Yeah. And then when we got Tommy on before he even read the script, he said, you know, one thing I would like to do is I'd like to be the one to, to kill Jason. We're like, of course. So we modified it um, to make sure that he, he had that. And we didn't even have our full uh, ending yet. Like I had decided how Jason was going to die at that point. Just knew that he would. So, but we knew that Tommy would deliver that final blow and we knew we wanted to have the girls participating in that, make it kind of a family affair and, um, and put some closure on that. So was uh, there ever, and besides if Tommy was there or if he wasn't, um, if he was dead or alive, was there any other alternate ending that you had thought of that you thought could play out? Oh yeah. Um, we had several. Uh, one of the other alternate endings was going to be um, Megan, um, you know, maybe getting Megan a part of it um, and then having the Courtney character reaching out um, or Tommy reaching out, getting a hold of the other final girls and having Adrian King um, and Amy Steele and all that, having them be a part of it That's and they all show up potentially even Lar and, and just having those girls kind of walk in, you know, and then they all fight Jason rather than just Tommy. So that was, that was another one. Um, another one was um, kind of similar, just different locations, but yeah. How long did the filming take? I think it was about 24 days in total, including the pickups. Um, we did a, a week in June. We took a week off. Then we got back on it uh, for another week in um, July. And then that was our principal photography. Then we wrapped. Then we came back another month later, did a few days with the whole cat and mouse scene in the um, in that wood um, sawmill place. And then another few days, several months later with the morgue and Peter's fight scene and all that. So uh, I, I'm just sort of curious when you come up with the kill for these, uh, for the characters, mm -hmm. do you uh, sit there and throw a dart at a board and see, Oh, that's how they die. No. Um, there are certain things I'm thinking like effects I'd like to make and stuff like the spine ripping. I'm like, that would be kind of cool to do that. And I think I can pull it off. And so I want to challenge myself to see if I can make it. So I did. Um, and then I just start playing the scene in my head and I start thinking, okay, Jason is in this environment. What is available to him? What, what can he do? What would he do? Um, the fire one, I knew that I wanted Jason's costume to be altered and have like holes burned through and stuff and showing and stuff or, you know, have it be different than the first film. So how could that happen? It's like, okay, a fire. So maybe kill someone by shoving them in the fire. Um, and then I, one thing I like to do is take something like the pickaxe or um, the chainsaw and say, how do we kill someone with that? That's not normal. Like, obviously you take a pickaxe you swing it and kill someone, but how can we change that up? So slam it in the tree and push the head on. And, um, and then how do you use the chainsaw? Cause I don't want Jason running around with a chainsaw like Leatherface, you know, <laughs> so um, slam it down and like use it to push the head down onto the, the saw, uh, the bow and arrow. Like, I don't think of Jason as having, you know, aim and, 
you know, knowing how to use the bow and arrow necessarily. So I would think of him as just blunt force. Like he would stab someone, choke someone with a string on the bow or something like that, stab the arrows in. Um, and so that's why he did the arrows stabbing him through the thing rather than, uh, you know, shooting them or whatever. So I just try to put a little bit of a spin or something different on it and not have it be the obvious choice. Um, unless it comes to the machete, then he knows how to use the machete to stab and cut and whatever. Um, one more question uh, before we let you go. Um, how did COVID affect the entire franchise, like starting this venture? Was there any problems with COVID or? Oh, yeah. Like COVID, um, you know, it's obviously a big pain in the ass and uh, for health reasons and for um, protocol. Uh, we had to hire a COVID officer. Um, you, you know, there had to be like mandatory check ins. We all did COVID tests. We had, I bought a shit ton of COVID tests that we had on site so that when people came in, they'd take them. Um, uh, and a couple of people, you know, got COVID. It couldn't come to set, so they had to go. Someone tested false positive. They had to go to the hospital uh, before they got to set. And the guy who picked him up from the airport had to go. Then we had to wait one or two days. So we had to reschedule his whole scene and stuff and figure things out. And then he came back. It was negative. It was fine. It's just that he had um, he had COVID prior, but was still testing positive much later. So one of those deals. And then, you know, sign in, temperature checks all the time, um, masks. It was, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to kind of consider and, and bring on while you're already busy doing, a, making a film and, and everything. Well, all I got to say from us fans to you, Jason Brooks, also to the cast and crew and to Peter Anthony, we want to give you a big round of applause. Thank you for uh, what you gave us. And uh, hopefully we can get more. Uh, hopefully Hollywood calls you guys and uh, we can get better f horror films. But, you know, uh, like you always say, you can't hold your breath with Hollywood because they're still trying to make old stuff better nowadays. I mean, look what they just did with Halloween, the big letdown with ends. But, you know, if they ever call you, you know, we'll pick up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you. Thank, uh, you Thank you for coming back on. Of course, thank you. All right, everyone. That is Jason Brooks, and we'll talk to you later, sir. All right. See you a little later. Bye. Well, everyone, that was the interview with the legendary Jason Brooks. Uh, hopefully, we got all to all your questions. Uh, still a little bit new to all this, having the questions show up and comments show up. Um, hey, we're we very excited to have him back on here. So I don't know if Mark, if you had all your questions answered, I know I did. Yeah. So, uh, join Thursday. us Thursday. Yep. Uh, Kyle from, uh, his podcast, which is, uh, or YouTube channel, which is return of the living flat. He will be on here and we'll be doing, uh, what are we doing that day? Mark, we're going to rank, uh, uh, horror killers since you won't let me do serial killers. Oh, stop it. <laughs> We're going to rank them uh, uh, 10 through 1 and see. I think it'll be surprising on who we all pick on you know, 1 through 10. God, that's scary. I have to think of 10 horror movie serial killers. Hey, oh. I'm, I'm going to have my, uh, my daughter make a list of hers. Boy, I could just imagine that one. 
Because she sits there and watches horror movies all over the place. So, I mean, Liberty, she she's my horror buddy. Yeah. But uh, we just want to thank the fans that and guests that came here uh, to give us questions and uh, also comments. Couldn't have done this without you. Thank you for all the love and support. Also to Jason Brooks for being on the show. For him, Peter Anthony, the cast and crew, creating such a great masterpiece with their fan films of Vengeance 1, Vengeance 2, and Roseblood. Hopefully, hopefully Hollywood will call them and they can bring their craft to uh, bring Jason back on the big screen or bring Michael back or bring Freddie back. Um, who knows? I'd like to see Jason Brooks play uh, Jason on uh, in a movie in a oh, you sorry. know on the big screen. That'd be pretty cool. Have Peter think, Anthony play Michael. Yeah, he's he's one of my he's right there on in my top you know three. Of course, Kane Hodder's always going to be in one. So I think that's it from us tonight. Um, again, I am Stephen. That is Mark, and we want to say thank you and goodbye. Bye, Mark. Later. Later. Got to end the broadcast.